We're here in Indianapolis on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm, the, I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with Ray Fittipaldo. We're going to talk about our, our discussions and the things that we got to talk to Steelers GM Omar Khan about. He went all over the place from the NFL draft class, from the Steelers' plans with free agency, with maybe some current Steelers on the roster. There was a lot discussed. We'll break it all down right here on the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette's North Shore Drive podcast. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast. A show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Carter from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, joined by Steelers beat writer for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Ray Fittipato. Both of us are in Indianapolis in separate hotel rooms right now, but... We had the opportunity to speak with Steelers GM Omar Khan before the NFL scouting combine. And Ray, this is Omar Khan's first full draft process. They've and everyone needs to know the draft process starts way back last year in late spring, early summer when that when they're starting to look at okay, who's on still on these teams? What are, what's the opinions of these guys? Building them into building them into the college season, watching them play out their college years, and then all up to this point where we're about to start watching some of these athletes put on drills, put up times, numbers, all these stats that we're going to see measurements. This is a, a whole process he's going through, and I thought it was very interesting for Omar Khan to kind of detail it the way that he did about his role and the roles of the people around him in the Steelers front office now that Kevin Colbert is gone. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Andy Weidel, the assistant GM, of course, is going to uh, run the draft board. And, you know, I thought it was interesting. Uh, he mentioned Cole Marco, um, mm-hmm. who is the new quote unquote cap guy. And, uh, you know, Omar said he's kind of relinquished some of the um, contract negotiation and salary cap duties um, to Cole. And Cole is a 2013 graduate of Dartmouth. Um, I don't know if he played with Danny Rooney, but uh, the connection there with Dartmouth is uh, Buddy Tevens is the head coach there. And, of course, Buddy Tevens gave Omar his first ever job in football way back, I think, in the late 90s, early 2000s. So there, there's a trust there, um, and I'm, I'm sure Cole is going to do great um, at his new job. So it only goes to say, right, you know, Omar came up as this cap guru, this cap specialist, but – as he takes on these new ju- new duties and these new responsibilities um, as the GM, you know he's going to have to sort of delegate some. And uh, yeah, certainly Andy running the board and Cole taking over some of the uh, cap duties that certainly plays into it. Absolutely. And before we get into Andy Weidel's whole position and running the board, I do. Th- I also thought it was interesting how Omar Khan talked about when we asked him about the salary cap situation and him comparing it to what the Steelers were going through during the COVID years when the cap was lowered. And he was like, he, he, it seemed like he was expressing relief for what the Steelers were dealing with. And I, I know some people, you know, might some fans might look up on, on like websites like Over the Cap and Spot Rack and be like, they only have $81,000 in cap space right now. How is that a good thing? But I think it's because they know that the Steelers are going to be able to and willing to make some moves to create the cap space needed to make the moves that they're going to make uh, when free agency starts to open up. Yeah. I mean, obviously the big move is William Jackson. I think he's a $12.2 million mm-hmm. cap hit. He'll come off the books. Um, you know, we're just speculating on other players now, but you know, you could save $4 million with a Keller Witherspoon. That would get you up to 16.2. You could save 2 million with, 
if you don't want to keep Gunnar Olszewski. Mm. Um, so boom, right there, that's $18.2 million. And I'm sure there's others too, you know, that, that we can get into that, that are possibilities. So um, and I'm paraphrasing here, but I think Omar said the cap would not be a hindrance this year. Um, they can do pretty much whatever they want, sign their own pending free agents. And it seems like if there's a player out there that really intrigues them and they want to make a move, they'd be able to do that as well. Yeah, that's what that's what it sounded like to me as well. The Steelers are in a position where some people might think, like, oh, they're hamstrung a little bit because they're paying T.J. Watt, they're paying Minka Fitzpatrick, they're paying Cam Hayward, but they're not. And, again, this is something that you and I have talked about, you know, the ability to maneuver uh, and, and create opportunities in the roster when you're not paying – a you know a franchise quarterback and you have the your starting quarterback on a rookie deal i think that's where uh that that's where the steelers recognize that they are and they're going to be able to make some moves there but let's talk more about andy weidel's role because when omar khan says he's running the draft board you and i know what that means but help explain to our listeners what that means as far as you know how how the board how the how the draft room operates who you know what is what is the board and who makes the ultimate decisions with that board come right. draft day so with Kevin Colbert and he was the GM for basically 23 years mm-hmm. um, his expertise came in personnel and in scouting so of course for all those years Kevin was the one who was running the draft board um, now Omar Khan comes in um, while he is starting to get into the scouting and you know has some of that on his resume, he came up as a cap guy and he was kind of on the number side of things. And Andy, um, who has known Omar for a long time, Andy also came up on the scouting side. So it's you know it's GM versus assistant GM. And what we talk about when we say he's going to set the board is Andy is going to grade every single player in this draft. So they'll have one through you know three hundred whatever. Um, ranked on their board, and uh, they'll come, come. You know, when it's time to pick it at number seventeen, they'll cross the guys off who have been picked, and then they'll have to make a call on um, which player they're going to take um, at seventeen. So that's kind of what we're talking about with Andy. He's more of the personnel scout guy in this operation, and uh, you know, Omar, of course, is the, the well-rounded um, guy who came up in the Steelers and kind of uh, has his hands in everything. So, um, uh, you know, Andy is, 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 is a guy who, who's done this before. He ran three boards in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was 2019. Uh, no, it was 2020, 2021, and 2022. And, of course, we all know what happened with the Eagles this year after a down season or two. They were right back in the Super Bowl again. So Andy obviously knows what he's doing there when it comes to the draft. And, and that's where the Steelers were very excited to add him on board. And, you know, and I think everyone started wondering, well, if Andy Weidel's running the board, does this mean you're about to see a lot of answers in those trenches? Because we know that he found answers for the Eagles in those trenches, uh, being able to get defensive linemen, offensive linemen, finding guys that help them control the line of scrimmage to get them that, that Super Bowl berth this year. Uh, I'm sure a lot of Steelers fans have talked about needs, but Omar Khan also talked about his opinions on the draft class. Ray, we're going to talk about that in just a minute here because that the, I think it further adds to the perspective of how the Steelers are approaching this draft class versus maybe some different ones in recent history. We'll talk about that in a minute along with some of the, the free agent possibilities and current Steelers on the roster. 
who might who Omar Khan talked about on on Tuesday at the NFL Scouting Combine. All of that in a minute here on the North Shore Drive podcast. But first, we got to talk to you guys about our great sponsors at Valley Pool and Spa. Valley Pool and Spa, of course, is the place that you go to to get a, a spa, a sauna, or a hot tub, or a or or a uh, oh no no a, a Finlayo sauna, which I've talked about uh, several times on this show about how if you if you want a, a way to de stress to get get used to get get back out into the day and feel refreshed, the best way to do it is to get a sauna installed right in your home especially one of those finleo saunas and valley pool and spa is going to help you not only figure out what's the best one for you but how to get it into your home how to install it and make it something that you can enjoy every day that you want to so that you're getting out and and attacking your days but the best the best way totally refreshed so the best way to do that is to go to valleypoolspa.com where you can see say big now on all their in stock hot tubs swim spas and saunas at valleypoolspa.com that's valleypoolspa.com Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, I'm Chris Carter. You're a Steelers beat writer, Ray Fittipato. Ray, Omar Khan said that he thought that this, this draft class was very good. And here's the thing. GMs often say that, right? Like that, like that wasn't a, a, a thing there. But I think that one thing he said is that it's very strong in a lot of positions and almost all positions of, that, that, that you could possibly have of need. And... I just think that with the Steelers, with we've seen them in positions where, like last year, they wanted to get a quarterback. The year before that, they really wanted to get a running back. This year, there are so many needs that it's going to be tough to, for me to be able to say, like, oh, yeah, they're definitely going in this direction, especially with the first-round pick. Uh, I, I think that he that, that Omar Khan, even though it was kind of not saying a lot, I think that the point being that I, that I kind of read between the lines was, listen, like, there's a lot of really good groups out here, which means there's a lot of options and pathways on the table for the Steelers to take. And they're not necessarily focusing in on one or two on how the, especially day one of the draft could break out. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. I, I think it's a great year to have four picks in the top 81 and three in the top 49, because it's, it's a very um, deep draft at, at positions of, of Steelers, um, needs. Now, he also did say that um, they have the draft capital, so they could make a move. If they wanted to trade um, one of those picks to move up, they would be able to do that. There's also been a lot of speculation, Chris, where um, this is such a deep draft that you could trade down. You know, you could possibly trade um, 32 or 49 and move back and, and get multiple picks um, in rounds two and three. So, um, listen, you know, Omar Khan saying we're open for business. Every GM says that now. They, they want every other team to know that, um, you know, they're willing to make a deal. Um, but, I, you know, I tend to think with, with the depth of this draft being what it is, I think they would be fine picking 17, 32, mm-hmm. 49, and 81 and getting potentially four guys who could help you, if not right away, then certainly help you at some point during the rookie seasons. Yeah, that that's where I'm at, and you know we talked about that because you you wrote about you know what Daniel Jeremiah we, we saw, and it, there's a potential to get four starters with those first four picks. Uh, and if the Steelers were able to nail a draft like that, what could that do for a Steelers roster that's already young and trying to find starters who will alleviate the need to spend big on certain positions just to get 
players who kind of hold the line at those positions instead of, you know, getting studs at those positions where, you know, maybe if they hit on some of those rookie deals, they can use more of that money in the future to go out and get maybe some bigger name free agents out there or pay to keep more of the guys that they want to keep in the long term. That's a lot of what the Steelers are trying to do right now. So I thought that was very interesting from a Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specride para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. Marcon, but... He also talked about some of the guys that are on the roster or could be free agents. And the top one that everyone's concerned about right now is, of course, Cameron Sutton. Cameron Sutton is set to be an unrestricted free agent, but he did indicate Steelers did seem to want to bring him in, and there's been some movement there. What was your thoughts on the way that he addressed the Cam Sutton question? Yeah, so he was asked twice about it. And um, uh, when he was asked about it again the second time, um, I think that's when he said that uh, he feels very good about where they're at in those negotiations. So that would seem to bode well, right? The, the last time Cam Sutton was in this position was before the 2021 season. Um, they got that deal done during the legal tamping, tampering period. So that was done, I think, two or three days before free agency started. So in essence, Cam really didn't get the free agency. Now, he, he might have been talking to other teams and – kind of had some feelers out there about what he might be able to make from other teams. But he made that decision before he went on the open market to come back to the Steelers for $9 million over two years. Now, we're in a totally different situation now, right? I mean, right. he started 31 games over the last two years. He's their best cornerback. He's their most versatile defensive back. And he's their smartest player. They can put him in any position, and he's going to go out there and do well. So his price tag has gone up. Um, you know, I think it's probably in the $10 million range. I wouldn't be surprised if they signed him for like 30, 30 million over three years, something like that. Um, uh, but yeah, I think you're right. Cam Sutton, Larry Ogunjobi, those are the two big guys I think they want to get done here before free agency gets here. Do you think that Larry Ogunjobi does get signed? Because he was an $8 million one-year deal this past year. You know, he dealt with injuries for a while. That one seems like, you know, if they're able to, you know, get the William Jackson deal off the board, you know, like Hella Witherspoon, Gunnar Olszewski. And then, of course, when we were talking about the numbers that they were opening up, you didn't even mention, you know, what they could do with restructuring and how much space they can open up with that. Right. Right. You know, is, is that something where they should go get a Larry Ogunjobi who's going to cost them a bit? Or should they be looking in this draft class to be like, hey, let's just find the next, the next guy that's going to play next to Cam Hayward and eventually be the next Cam Hayward? Yeah, I mean, even if you get that guy early, let's say you get that guy at 17 or 32, Chris, mm-hmm. um, I don't know that you want to rush him. So I think it would be – listen, if Larry Joby's health, if they feel comfortable with that, I think it makes all the sense in the world to bring him back for, you know, one year, $9 million this year, right? I mean, just somebody to have as that placeholder so that next guy isn't rushed in, into a situation where he has to play right away. So – uh, to me, Cam Sutton is number one because you don't have any issues like health, right? right. I mean, um, you know, he, he's, you know, I've, we failed to mention he's a very durable guy too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, injuries haven't been an issue, at least not the, at least not in the past two seasons. So, 
Um, you know, I, I think Ogunjobi is number two, but I, I will concede that um, they kind of nursed him along every single week, especially late in the season. He didn't practice a whole heck of a lot. You can go back and look at the injury reports. He was held out of practice multiple days each week. So mm-hmm. they got to feel comfortable with that aspect of it. But if they do, I think it makes all the sense in the world to bring him back for another year. I wouldn't do a multi, I wouldn't do a three year deal with him, right? Um, but I, I think it makes all the sense in the world to, to bring him back. And then, yes, draft a young guy, get that young, that next young five technique, your next young. Cam Hayward, get that guy in this draft if you can, uh, either number 17 or number 32. That could be, I think, really big for the Steelers. I, I also thought it was very interesting the way that he, that Omar Khan, that is, addressed the question of Alex Highsmith. Now, Alex Highsmith isn't a, a restricted or unrestricted free agent. He still has one more year on his deal. But, of course, he just had a double-digit sack season. He's steadily grown each year with the Steelers. And, you know, he he did get to talk about, you know, the potential of keeping, you know, an Alex Highsmith around. And it seemed like, you know, he was I I couldn't tell if it was all if it was, you know, just straight up like, hey, yeah, of course, we'd love to keep him. But, you know, we don't know how things are going to play out. To me, Ray, it sounds like they're still trying to figure out what the negotiating table for that is going to even look like. But there's definitely a both sides. We want to make this work type of situation there. It just yeah. means that they haven't begun those talks yet. Yeah. And listen, they, they what they typically do is they want to get through free agency. They want to get through the draft. And then you saw last season. Last, last year was relatively early for them to sign Minka. I think they signed Minka in June. Um, but typically they'll sign, you know, those, those guys who were in the last year of their contracts, they'll get those done in July or August sometimes. So Alex Highsmith is a natural 14 and a half sacks last season. He's an up and coming player, as Omar said today. So yes, it certainly is in their history. If you go back and look at it, when they have good players, when they draft and develop those players, they like to sign them to second and third contracts. And I think Alex Highsmith is next up on the docket. I think it's going to be very interesting. If they can lock him up with TJ Watt, they could potentially have the best edge rushing duo in the NFL for several years. And then if they find a third, a good third, a third option in free agency or in the NFL draft, it could make for the pass rush that the Steelers have been trying to establish and maintain over the past several years. Heck, they led the NFL in sacks for five straight seasons until this year uh, when TJ Watt missed half the season. I'd be very intrigued to see how they, how they're able to build it. If they can keep Alex Highsmith uh, as a part of it, but there's another Steeler who a lot of people have been assuming isn't, wasn't going to be around anymore that Omar Khan mentioned. And that was the backup quarterback, Mitch Trubisky. I want to get Ray's thoughts on, on what was said about Mitch Trubisky and what it might mean for the Steelers roster and their salary cap in the coming year. But first, before we do anything else, we got to talk to you guys about Yinzers in the Berg, one of our great sponsors that offers you the best Pittsburgh sports apparel accessories and much, much more. Yinzers, listen up. If you're, a, if you're a Steelers fan, a Pirates fan, a Penguins fan, or a Pitt fan, you can get all your Pittsburgh sports apparel right at one location, and that's Yinzers in the Berg. They have two stores in the Strip District that you can visit at any time, but if you can't get to the Strip District, just go to their website, yinzerspgh.com. You go to yinzerspgh.com, you'll see their merchandise that updates every single week with the best Pittsburgh sports sports apparel, accessories, and much, much more available to you at all times. And again, when you go to Yins of the Berg, you'll find the best stuff, not just for yourself, but for any friend or loved one who's a big Pittsburgh sports fan. So get to Yins of the Berg right now and visit their website, yinzerspgh.com. That's yinzerspgh.com for all your Pittsburgh sports apparel. 
Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, I'm Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato here with us. Ray, Omar Khan addressed the Mitch Trubisky situation because it's kind of been assumed that something had to happen there because he's, what, has, what like a $10 million cap hit on the Steelers right now. And if they were to cut him, they'd get $8 million back, and that'd be a, another significant chunk of money that they could throw into the free agency, you know, whether to keep Cam Sutton, to bring back Larry Ogunjobi, to go get somebody else. But Omar Khan seems suggestive as like, you know, we really liked what Mitch Trubisky brought to the table and talked about a future in Pittsburgh. Was that was that kind of just like a red herring? Was that just like a, something that was thrown out there? Or do you think that that's a real thing that the Steelers might try to find a way to keep Mitch Trubisky? And if they, if they do, what does that do for their salary concerns? Yeah, so, I mean, based off what Art Rooney II said, uh, what is that, a month ago now, we knew the Steelers liked Mr. Trubisky. They wanted to have him back. What this would suggest, if you read between the lines, is you mentioned the salary cap. He's $8 million salary for the season, but he's a $10.2 million cap hit. So what, when Omar says we'd like to um, have him with us beyond the 2023 season, then you go to think, okay, extension. Let's Get, let, let's sign him for another two to three years. Um, obviously, he wouldn't be playing for $8 million a year over the life of that contract, but, you know, you can, you know, tack that extension on. Maybe you get that down, Chris, to a $6 million cap hit. Mm. And I think maybe the Steelers would be able to live with that. And, you know, he mentioned today the value of having a veteran quarterback. Yes, he did. As a backup when you have a, a, a quarterback like Kenny Pickett, on a rookie contract. And that's the same model that the Steelers had with Ben Roethlisberger. They had Byron Leffrich. They had Charlie Batch for a lot of years. And they, they, they only changed that really when Ben was in his late 20s, early 30s. You know, you saw that tr tr transition from, you know, I think Batch left after what, 2012, 2013? I think 2013 and, was his last year, right? And then they had like what, Landry Jones come in and yeah. Gradkowski was there for a year or two. And then they, at that point, they started to draft younger guys. Josh Dobbs came, so on and so forth. So that's kind of uh, – that would be a very Steelers thing to do, get that veteran in here with a quarterback on his rookie contract. And, you know, listen, I mean, Omar said it today. He, he's been a pro's pro ever since he's got here, right? I mean, everything that happened last year, losing his starting job, he never became a distraction. I, I think the guy is a good teammate, and I think – I want to say dollar for dollar, but maybe not because his contract is a little bit high right now. But just based off of, you know, just talent, he's one of the best backup quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think you could spell that out um, looking what he did when he had to come in late in the season for Kenny Pickett. I mean, yeah, absolutely. You know, him, he came in filling in for that Tampa Bay Buccaneers win, came in and started the, throughout the Panthers game, got yep. them and helped get them that win. Uh, I mean, certainly, I think that he's definitely one of the better backups in the NFL. And like you said, when you have quarter, a quarterback who's young, still figuring out how to protect himself at, at the NFL speed, that's, that's very valuable. And Omar Khan even referenced the playoffs. He's like, yeah, you look at what happened there. And, of course, everyone knows the – 49ers went down to their fourth string quarterback. So, uh, yeah. you know, just at least having two quarterbacks that you're very confident in 
is important in today's NFL to protect your guys and protect your offense so that you can still function when your top guy goes down. And there's value there. And I know that, you know, I'm, I'm on the train that like, you know what, like I'm on the train that, you know, you don't want to pay too much for backup quarterbacks because there's so many important needs across the roster, but especially right now, I do think backup quarterback is a good th- is a good thing to secure as long as you're not paying too much for it. I do th- wonder how low can uh, can the Steelers get that contract down in negotiations as far as a cap hit for this year if they're able to extend him. Because if you're Mitch Trubisky, you know maybe you feel you could be a starter somewhere. But frankly, Ray, I'm starting to see more and more. There are so many teams that are just kind of learning like, hey, why are we doing the Sam Darnold thing again? Why are we bringing in the guy that didn't work anywhere else and thinking that we're going to revive this guy's career? And if you're Mitch Trubisky and you're making really good money on an organization that likes you and you like them and there's mutual respect there and you would have the chance to still pop in occasionally, I think it makes a ton of sense for him to want to stay, especially, you know, you he's been with the Bears. He's seen turmoil. He was a backup to Josh Allen. That was That was cool and all, but... I think it makes sense for both sides to want to come to the table and say, hey, let's keep Mitch here longer, but also let's make sure Mitch gets gets a payday for it, uh, just not one that crushes the Steelers' uh, chances to add more to more parts of the roster. Yeah, Mitch is, what, 27, 28, so he's going to have to work through his mind during this offseason. Yeah. Okay, I am no longer a starter. I am a backup. I mean, that has to be that's part tough. of the, that. That's part of the thought process. I'll, yeah. However – uncomfortable that might be he's, he's going through that right now but let's go back to to the playoffs and what you said and no more references today mm-hmm. of the final four teams right philadelphia san francisco kansas city and cincinnati the Bengals were the only team that didn't have quarterback injury issues late in the season or in the playoffs right mm, yeah jalen hurts was banged up late in the season he missed he what two or three games he mm-hmm. came back for the playoffs we all know what happened in that 49ers playoff game. And Patrick Mahomes was beat up in the playoffs. He you know? was. He was beat up in the Super Bowl. People didn't know what was going to happen after halftime after he tweaked that ankle. So um, I, I think it's the way of the world with mobile quarterbacks now. They're out of the pocket more. Um, athletic defensive linemen and edge rushers are after them more, so there's more of a chance that they could get dinged up. So I, I just think that's where we are in the NFL right now, and I think a backup quarterback – is as important as it's ever been. I agree. I agree with you. It's it is very important. And again, you know, Kenny Pickett, you know, had two uh, two stints in the concussion protocol last year. So uh, the Steelers, they're gonna want to maybe protect their you know their, their offense in that in that moment. They want to protect their quarterback, but they also want to protect the functioning of their offense in some of those games. And again, Mitch Trubisky, you know, outside of that Ravens game. Uh, that he that he where he threw three interceptions. He was very good at protecting the football and fitting the bill of hey, I'm not trying to go out here and just win the game by myself, but I'm out here trying to help you win the game by being a good leader on the field who manages the game, makes the right decisions, and uh, keeps you know keeps yourself ahead of the sticks. And certainly, you know, as a guy who also knows the offense now, that's another asset to have alongside with you uh, as as you're going along things. So. All, all those different things I thought were fascinating to learn from Omar Khan just to kind of see more glimpses up at how this how this is going to play out here. My last question to, to you, Ray, is going with this combine, back to the Andy Weidel question. Is this going to be a matter of we should just start looking towards the big guys or 
are the Steelers like you know last year Mike Tomlin had wings with Malik Willis and that story broke out and then everyone was like well the Steelers are just gonna pick Malik Willis they're just gonna pick Malik Willis and then it was you know they went to they went to Kenny Pickett do you think there's a sort of ropey dope rope a dope or uh, a situation where the Steelers have maybe a, a plan out there that they're waiting to spring on people come draft day whether it's a position a trade something along the lines that, that could catch us off guard Listen, building up the trenches certainly is Andy Weidel's wheelhouse. I mean, he has that background in Baltimore, and he had that background in Philadelphia, but it didn't always come early in the draft. If you look at two of the three drafts he ran in Philadelphia, Chris, uh, Jalen Rager was a first-round pick one of the years. Mm -hmm. Devontae Smith was a first-round pick another of those years. So he picked two receivers, or he didn't pick. I'm sorry. Howie Roseman did the picking. But, um, you know, the board was set up in such a way that, um, you know, that uh, receivers came before offensive linemen in those situations. Now, last year he does get Cam Jurgens, I think, in the second or third round. Mm -hmm. You know, he's, like, he's the likely replacement for Jason Kelsey if Jason Kelsey retires. So, um, you know, that's one thing that, you know, if there's a criticism of, of Kevin Colbert late in his tenure, he didn't go out and get those next starters, right? Um uh, you know, late in his tenure, right? He kind of, they just kind of let the O-line deteriorate to a point um, where it was beyond repair and they had to start getting guys in there. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Andy's reputation certainly is in building up the offensive and defensive lines, but you have to be careful. The board is going to be the board. They're going to pick the best players available at 17 and 32. And if there's better depth in the O-line, especially on the interior, 49 and 81, they could build up their offensive line in that way too. So don't get hung up on it has to be an O-lineman at 17 or 32. It doesn't have to be. Um, but, I, yes, at some point in this draft, the Steelers will upgrade on defensive line. They will upgrade on offensive line, not only because of Andy Weidel, because they have needs at those positions. I agree with you there, Ray. It's going to be a fun process to cover. I, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens at the Combine. This is the Wednesday episode of the North Shore Drive podcast, which means as you're listening to this or watching this, the guys, we, we, we've been talking to players. Players are getting out there, showing coaches what they can do, and then it's going to start changing everyone's boards out there. Who, who goes where? What player confirms you know, their athleticism or you know, surprises us, whether for the good or the bad? It's all going to play out, and you can catch all of that coverage at post-gazette.com if you want to keep up with all the relevant news on the Steelers' draft process and how they follow the combine. I'm Chris Carter. He's Ray Fittipaldo. Jerry Dulek's also out here. We're out here in force with the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette covering the combine every day so check that out post post-gazette.com ray thanks thanks so much for joining me and thank you listeners and viewers for checking us out here in the north shore drive podcast remember subscribe to this channel to get all of the pittsburgh post-gazette sports content it comes out daily this show comes out monday wednesdays and fridays which means we will have a friday episode for you before we leave from the front from the combine just our reactions to some of the things that we saw and maybe some of the other things that we've heard but it's going to be a process so stick with us we're going to keep covering it right here from the pittsburgh post Gazette. We'll see you here on the Friday episode of the North Shore Drive Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive Podcast of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, click the link down below in the description. Just 
Llegaron los Propane Days a Lowe's. Desde ahora hasta el 16 de junio, los miembros MVPs de Lowe's reciben un 20% de reembolso en pintura con una tarjeta de regalo electrónica de Lowe's por compras de pinturas elegibles de 100 dólares o más. Lleva la nueva y exclusiva pintura HGTV Home de Sherwin-Williams Specride para interiores. Lowe's sabe de pros. Aplican exclusiones, restricciones y más términos. Visita Lowe's.com diagonal L diagonal Pro Loyalty Terms. Sujeto a cambios. 